We are live on the air, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the first official nice-looking edition of the Texas State Spit Talk podcast. I want to welcome everyone to the show. we got a full panel here today of Reed Graff, Mark Brown, Peyton Hill making his debut after having to miss the first one because of work. He's got to go make money. And then, of course, on the mic stand, looking like a failed stand-up comedian, is Brendan Snow, ladies and gentlemen. It's not failed. It hasn't came yet, okay? Oh, okay. It hasn't worked <laughs> out yet? All right. Well, whatever the case, I'm Riley Chestnut, and we are getting ready to rock and roll. And everyone's got a depth chart out because Texas State football is going to be the first thing we dive into today, and it's going to be concerning who we think is going to be worthy of their spots in the depth chart. So let's get this thing rolling, ladies and gentlemen. Take it away, Reed. Yeah, sure. So we've got a depth chart here on OurLads.com, and apparently it came straight from Coach Withers. So this is the most accurate. Apparently this was what when Mark said. Mark, this has said this was a pre-camp depth chart that we're looking at. Hmm. Some of the most interesting things that I want to point out, of course, the wide receiving core is the usual guys. Mason Hayes, who had a great year last year before going down with that unfortunate injury. Mm-hmm. He was looking like he was going to be our best receiver by far. Yeah. And, and then and unfortunately he got hurt. UTSA happened <clears throat> and he fractured his leg. Yeah. I'm not going to mention those guys. And then Tyler Watt, of course, the senior uh, slot guy who I do think has a slight chance of maybe making it in the league. We don't know. We'll have to have, a, have to have a very good year. He could be a Wes Welker. And then the big guy, Jeremy, he really sure could. Jeremiah Hadel will be taking the third spot. He's a bigger guy, 6'3", 6'2". Uh, Caleb Twyford, the sophomore, and Hutch White, the junior, are also listed. The offensive line, of course, at left tackle, the guy everybody knows. He's first team all Texas, according to Dave Campbell's magazine. Aaron Brewer, he's the junior, going to be starting a left tackle. Uh, he's a guy I think gets his name called on NFL Draft Day this next year. Hmm, interesting. He's a stud. He, I mean, the, what makes him so good is he can play left tackle, left guard, center, anywhere you need him. He, he's versatile. Sele- yeah. Selected to the uh, All Texas team this uh, just a few weeks ago. Then they let out the just you know the players from Texas to make the All kind of team for the state, and he was a lineman the first team. Don't be afraid to raise the mic, my dude. I learned how. <laughs> <laughs> Payton's going to be providing the assistance there today. So when you talk about O line, you're going to hear about Aaron Brewer, but some of these other guys, Tate. Heitmeyer, who you've probably never heard of because he's a redshirt freshman, is currently predicted to start at left guard. That explains yeah, a lot. Like there's a red freshman behind him as well, so they got a lot of a lot of young guys. Of youngsters. Reese Jordan's going to start at center. He had a good year last year. Uh, coach talked about him a lot, liked him a lot. Josiah Washington, a right guard. Uh, at the tight end, it's going to be Brendan Rushing Jr. is who they're predicting to start there. Here's where – here's the interesting one. Now, we all know who quarterback one is, right? It's going to be Willie Jones. Willie there. Jones, the only one with experience. Quarterback two is projected right now as Jalen Gibson, the redshirt freshman. Of course, he's the only other guy on the roster that was on this team. Well, that's not true. You forgot about um, his name is slipping me right now. He's also a redshirt freshman. He sat out last year because of an injury. Um, it wasn't Jalen Nelson. I'm going to pull up that name. I'll get that Keyshawn name. Keyshawn Kelly? Keyshawn Kelly, yeah. He got switched. Did he really? Yeah, he switched positions. I did not see that. So he's no longer going to be a quarterbacking option. So the third then the third string is more than likely. I honestly think Tyler Vitz, the number two, personally, over Jalen Gibson. I think he's just, as Brendan said, he's the best quarterback on the roster. We'll find out, won't we? Talent-wise. Yeah. We'll see. Um, running back Anthony J. Taylor, the number one. Jalen Nelson, the number two. Mm. Yeah, what a surprise. Uh, well, let's see. Apparently, Jalen Nelson had he tailed 98 yards rushing on 25 carries, according to Texas State Bobcats roster website. And he had ran for a season best of 52 yards on six carries against Coastal Carolina, which was a victory mm-hmm. for us. One of the two. And he rushed for 19 yards against Wyoming and 15 yards against UTSA. Anthony J. Taylor. What about Anthony D? 
What happened to him? That's what I was wondering, too. Good question. Let me get to the rest of this depth chart, and then I want to ask you all a question about the depth chart. Uh Uh-oh. So on defense, defensive end, Ishmael Davis, the redshirt senior, going to be a big guy. Mm. At the nose tackle, Samuel Watt, another senior. Defensive tackle, Dean Taylor, the junior. Played a lot last year. Hal Vinson, uh, the junior linebacker, is going to be playing one of the outliers. He's a violent hitter. He really is. He hits hard. At the inside inside spots, you got Nicholas Daniels and Brian London. As expected. Brian London, probably the best defensive player maybe in the conference. It's definitely debatable. I Mm -hmm. agree. Frankie Griffin on the outside, another guy who could give him a run for this money on that best defensive player in the conference. He is mean. He's so fast. He's a... a, just a vicious pass rusher. Yeah, because he's smaller than any other pass rusher. He's so much faster. He's a safety playing as a defensive <laughs> end. Reminds me of Mark Barron. He used mm-hmm. to, came, he was a safety for Alabama and transferred to linebacker when he got to the NFL when he realized, hey, I'm not very good at safety. Yeah. And, and of course, for, moving uh, on. The defensive backs, here it is, uh, wild card. Dennis Johnson Jr., he was receiver, second screen last receiver. season. Bigger and, guy. Um, switched him to corner. So he's going to be, apparently he's starting right now over Anthony Taylor, but apparently Anthony Taylor is going to be starting at safety. Yeah. I don't know if it's, whether that, he's going to be strong or free. That, that kind of leads me to believe I think they meant to say Anthony D. Taylor on, on the running back spot. Possibly, yeah. 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 I think it's just a typo. I'm going to be thinking that, uh, let's see, A.J. Krawczyk, just from his physical build, is probably going to be more the strong guy, like a Jeff Heath. Yeah, like that's for sure. He, he's listed as the number one. That's an obvious one. Whereas Anthony J. Taylor, he's kind of a he's a he's a tall, skinny kid yeah. for his size. So he's probably going to be more the one to cover ground. And then Deshaun Waddy is predicted to start at the other cornerback spot. Our best corner, Cordell Rogers. I think I think sees time at both corner and safety. Hmm. So and then of course our best player James Sherman is going to be the place kicker. Get out of here. Uh, long snapper Justin Warner. Of course punt returner Hutch White. So on and so forth. So from what I just read y'all the depth chart, let's get to this real quick. I want to get y'all's take. Are there any guys who, A, surprise you being on that depth chart? B, are there guys you think should be in spots where they weren't? Mm, I'm going to say the one surprise for me would be Savion Patton being the backup nose tackle or at least not having any other spot in the first string defense because that dude <laughs> – for the for being just a sophomore, he is huge, he is physical, and he can really bring it to you. I mean, looking at just what he's able to do on the scout grade, of course, ranges, uh, where's jersey number 88? He's uh, 6'2", 285 pounds, so maybe a little bit undersized for a nose tackle spot. And, of course, Sammy Awad came over and was the majority nose tackle for us last year and is looking to improve. But I don't think Savion Patton's going to be very used to being on the second string that long because I feel like there's going to be one moment in one spot where he's going to get to come in there and Patton is going to go out and shine. Yeah, for sure. I think he's the type of guy. Well, I wouldn't be surprised if he is starting mm-hmm. come week one. Yeah. Uh, right now he's listed as the number two, but he's the type of guy that while he may not start, he's going to get a lot of playing time. Mm. Definitely. He was, he had a lot of playing time last year as mm-hmm. a freshman, so I'm sure we'll see plenty of him. He was a stud. What about you, Mark? Well, I'm surprised about the running back position. I was surprised that Jalen Nelson beat out Anthony Smith because apparently Anthony Smith last season was the second leading rusher on the team with 352 yards. I still remember the first game. He had a 48-yard touchdown run against Houston Baptist. And that's when I thought, hmm, looks pretty good. Might have something there. Might have something there. Yeah, but apparently he has lost his job, but – what uh, uh, one, one, he also got injured in the spring game. Remember yeah. that? I oh, yeah. I believe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So maybe he's just still recovering from that. That makes me sad because that was a nasty-looking hit. Oh, I knew the guy from high school, so it was definitely hard to see. What about you, Peyton? Man, I was also tripping about the running back spot, honestly. But Not seeing Smith there? Yes, exactly. Yeah, I predicted Jalen Nelson was going to be the starter. It's got to be the injury, right? That's why they're not predicting him to be no, there. Possibly, yeah. or it could be a typo. Jalen Nelson has some really good speed, though. 
He's really – and he really that's a, when, when he got to be a quarterback for this team, which he was originally recruited as kind of a mix – he was a, he was just he was listed as an athlete. Yeah, he was he, a small lefty, but he was he really accurate in his throws. Mm-hmm. He played quarterback. He dominated out of Duncanville. Mm-hmm. Brendan, what about you? Uh, if I'm bringing it backing up in the in the cornerback spot, they have uh, Cordell Rogers uh, backing up Deshaun Waddy at the other corner spot. So maybe the three third corner, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like Cordell Rogers. He can play. He, in high school, he played quarterback. Last year, he started games at safety. Uh, to open the season, the last game of the season, he started that corner. Mm-hmm. He's kind of that hybrid guy that you can play with. You know, 5'11", 165-pound sophomore out of Lufkin. But I think he'll be on the field more than we think for someone listed that low on the depth chart. Yeah, for sure. Just, so, just for, the, for those of y'all listening, where we're getting this depth chart from, it's from www.ourlads. That's A-O-U-R is an ourlads.com. It has a couple that has – Every college football team's depth chart, including some NFL depth charts and stuff like that. So if you're interested in seeing what we are reading, that's what it is. But what's the heartbreak? Why is Hutch White listed as the second best receiver when he was our best quarterback last year? <laughs> what's going on, man? <laughs> Maybe we should try him at the QB spot, <laughs> running out of options. Yeah, the Wildcat. Oh, man. But uh, whatever the case, I mean, the big surprise being how's Tate Heitmeyer going to handle being the left guard after... You saw a nice mix. Uh, Tristan Miserak no longer being on this team. Definitely you expected to see a bit of a shakeup there. But I feel like it's going to be a, a pretty good year for the offensive line that continues to improve. You get to see Jacob Rowland now have to take over at right tackle. And he was, I'd say he was pretty good last year. But I guess we're just going to have to wait and see because I love watching this video about Texas's offensive line the other day, going down and learning about the culture. Apparently, Tom Herman has his receivers. Every time they catch a touchdown pass or run for a touchdown, the first thing they have to do is they got to go and hug a big guy, the offensive line. They're the real stars of the team because if they don't block properly, that play doesn't happen. So, yeah, there's a culture. Unless you have a quarterback like Johnny Manziel or Michael Vick that can just, you know, run away from the defense. But you don't get those very often. Yeah, yeah. Russell Russell Wilson doesn't have to run every time. Russell Wilson doesn't have to hug his lineman. No, (laughs) he doesn't have to. He can can just go ahead and, you know, jog to the sideline and put some ice on that shoulder that he just broke running away. Yeah, he'll be okay. Whatever the case. Uh, I think we've got all we had to say about the depth chart at this point. Unless... we're gonna try something interesting, aren't we, Riley? Yes, yes, we are. We're gonna we're gonna pick random topics out of a hat for I'm you, excited. or not a hat. In case this hat. case, a, a Dragon Ball Z Goku bag, because uh, Brendan forgot his Texas Rangers hat today. That's Vegeta. Uh, he doesn't want to fix that. Boss. Yeah, yeah. Of course, it's been a rough time. Uh, Cole Hamels dealt away to the Cubs, down. so that is the best case scenario for yeah, you guys. Yeah, first step, first step towards uh, the process. Trust it. We got literally nothing. But uh, here we go. Drum roll. Yep, drum roll, please. And the first topic on the table is going to be, all right, pertaining to Texas State's offensive strategy, would you rather this team focus on having a Brett Elliott air raid with their quarterbacks next season, or would you prefer a nice taste of Zach Coors Light on the ground? (laughs) Zach Coors Light. Thank Um, you. Came up with that myself. Well, here's the thing. With a young quarterback, you need to get him comfortable. And to get him comfortable, you have to establish the run game. Mm-hmm. And the and the Bobcats have two or three backs they can get in there. They have some big tight ends that can run little outs and slants too. I think they need to – their offense needs to be built on short yardage, short yardage, short yardage, big play. Short yardage, you know, ground it out. While you can go – Wear them down a little while bit. While you can go – when I say air raid up tempo, you can keep the plays going in fast like everywhere there's likes to do. But – 
run it down their throats. You got a big offensive line. You've got one of the best offensive linemen in the in the conference in Aaron Brewer. I want to see us establish this running game. Anthony J. Taylor showed some things last year at running back. Anthony D. Anthony D. Taylor. I'm sorry. I want to see him make some noise. I want to see Jalen Nelson get some little reverses and sweeps. I just think to get these young quarterbacks more comfortable, you need to establish the run early. So I'm hoping to s- that's what they do personally. That's what they need to do. Anyone? Okay. Uh, I'm looking. Uh, sorry, I kind of lost train of thought, but <laughs> thinking derail. They're, they're, they're gonna they're gonna be. I think they need to be run heavy. I think they're going to. And it's not just gonna be run heavy with the running backs of Anthony Smith, Anthony D. Taylor, and Nelson. It's gonna be more with the quarterback, Willie Jones. That it's gonna be a lot of options. You see Willie Jones keep it a lot. Willie Jones appeared in ten games last year. Uh, on Even the, on got the, a start uh, against yeah, Louisiana. Okay, yeah. Yeah, on the season, he attempted 37 passes. He ran the ball 43 times. So he ran the ball more than he threw the ball. And he also picked up more yards on the ground. They, no, that's not true. He picked up more yards in the air still. But he, he still picked up 163 yards on the ground. He's, he's pretty good. He's going to run the ball a lot. Like Freddie's talking about, that line's getting better and better. It's a solid line to kind of trust and get behind and kind of use that and the quarterback's mobility. And that will even help open up easier throws. So that will give them uh, the capability to be – putting up some basketball points on the board. Basketball points. Basketball points. Don't and get your hopes up. We even put up basketball points even on the basketball court. Hey, I like to have hope this in our school. True. Hey, we can get a full game of Texas State football. If they finish with 27 points, they're about right there with where the they're men's hanging, basketball team <laughs> is at halftime. Okay? They're hanging there you go, there with you them. Go. You leave them alone, okay? I'm going to like that back things up. up a little bit, and I'm going to have to go with uh, – I think they need to go with the air raid. Mm. I think what we need more is – uh, a very good passing game because last year it was rough it was rough at times and yes like our passing wasn't as spot on as it should have been but Thanks, there was little too many times that we went four and out mm-hmm. and that's how you lose fan interest that's how you lose player interest is if you can't get anything going on honestly you could go to the end of the field to the one yard line every time and it'd be a lot better than going four and out and we have uh, flashbacks flashbacks of the Appalachian State they game they need a passing a uh, game that can complete third down conversions consistently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah, and I guess that comes back to it. Uh, Damian Williams had a really, really rough uh, first seven or eight games on the year, culminating in a a, a terrible did. performance Let, versus Louisiana. Let's just put it as it is. He had a rough 12 games. Well, there were some <laughs> games, you know, like the Georgia State game, a couple Sunbelt games where he was doing what we brought him here to do, and that was keep us competitive and at least set us up to have a chance. But then the defense at that point – have been tired of having to carry the load through the first seven games and were worn down and battered up, and we couldn't hold points off the board. So the offense found a way to carry it over at the end, but as bad as it is, as bad as the final year of Tyler Jones was, there's one thing you can never not say about Tyler Jones. He wasn't accurate in his throwing. Sure, the interceptions creeped up each year, but he still threw over 60% well, completion. That, in the last two years of his college career, he was running for his life. Exactly, yeah. He got sacked, I believe, uh, 41 times in his final year. His senior year, the best player on the offensive line was a freshman center named Aaron Brewer. That was the best guy blocking for him. Mm-hmm. So if you look at Tyler Jones' career, Shout out Brewer. the first two years – I'm a big Aaron Brewer fan. No, yeah. uh, the first two years, Tyler Jones, the first year he ran a lot because they didn't trust him to throw the ball. The second year, he started to learn how to throw, but he still quite wasn't there. The third year, he knew how to throw. He knew how to throw, but then he had to run for his life because they couldn't block. Mm-hmm. And then the senior year, it just seemed like everything went terribly for him. Hmm. He was just because he, he you have to remember Tyler Jones was a guy that and as a sophomore led Texas State to a seven and six record. We were on the edge of a bowl game, but the fans didn't show up. No, they didn't, and that's on them. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what a joy! I, I mean, too hard at the tailgates. Yeah, too hard, too hard. But 
Maybe the new facilities will, will help them a little bit there. I feel like I've got some really good hope for what the new look is. I hope so. And I'm not just saying that because I was there this morning talking with Coach Chisholm. Nice. And her office is beautiful. Their new offices are amazing. Their locker rooms. Someone came in compared. I thought I was in the Dallas Cowboys locker room when I saw the volleyball room. Nice. All I'm saying is I just wa- I'm watching Last Chance U right now. Mm. And the recruits are really impressed whenever the recruiters come in and talk about their facilities. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if Texas State can get their facility. Look at Texas A&M. Texas A&M brings in the top recruits in Texas every year now. Or Texas. It's either one. Texas is like they're, they're slacking. You know the Texas A&M right and now. Oklahoma right now. both has more recruits out of state. Well, but keep Texas in mind the last recruiting class who was the highest recruiting class in the state of Texas in but 2017. Was, here's the thing though, it wasn't Texas recruits though. But it still was get, the highest level of recruits. We can get into we can get into this all day. Yes, they had a higher ranked class, fourth but ranked they, in the nation. But they weren't in the state of Texas. I don't care. I'll take fourth ranked in the nation any day. R- Riley, your your burnt orange is showing right now. Yeah, yeah of course. Strong. I don't. Pretty actually, I'm wearing Manu Manu Gray. Thank you very much, <laughs> <laughs> Mister uh, Champion of the Month. Why shirt. don't we move on to the next subject? Yeah, pull it out of the Goku bag. There we hey, go. I actually, changed shirts. Wore my LSU Dude. shirt before I came. Understand. Drumble. This one, I think this is the same the same person. Will the newly renovated University Events Center? Yeah, that's mine. That's a pretty good se- uh, segue. At Strahan <laughs> Arena, be the first boost toward alum alumni's consistent support, or just a big old goose egg? So basically, what Riley is trying to ask is, will the renovations get the alumni's interested, or will they be like, "Nah, we're not still not very good"? Mm. Well, I believe it can go both ways. Really? I believe so. Tell me more. Well, given that they're going to have it renovated, I believe that, you know, especially students, especially incoming freshmen, mm-hmm. they'll have a good experience. They'll have a better experience than all, you know, the previous freshman classes because they didn't get a chance to see uh, a new they get era. to They get to graduate from that place in August 10th. That's going to be the first ceremony. They're peeling the court off right now, putting in new pieces. They got to yeah. work. That'll be pretty interesting. Let's just hope that we can just make up for it. So yeah. Let's just hope so. Yeah. They can go hand in hand. Yeah. I think the only way the alumni are going to support it is if we continue to be successful in our sports programs. Mm -hmm. Boom. I think that getting nicer facilities helps get recruits because then they come here, they see San Marcos, they see like the vibrant culture. They realize there's, you know, it's not as many people as if you were to go to Mm A&M for sure. And, but they see that we have just as nice as, like just as nice as stuff as the bigger colleges do. Yeah. So, I don't know. Some people will like that kind of feel. It's yeah. like better yeah. than Baylor. That's for sure. Uh, that's for sure. Yeah. Once it's gonna be one of the things. Just it's gonna take time uh, until the you know the alumni and stuff start seeing real po- progress of the team winning. Yeah. They're always gonna throw that same hissy fit. It doesn't matter what sport it is. Football reigns king. We all know that. Yeah. And I guess that's always the tone setter. I'll I'll go talk to somebody, and they'll be like, yeah, we're bad at sports. I'm like, no, we're bad at football. We're pretty good in almost every other sport. We're bad at football and and inconsistently leaning closer to bad than good in men's basketball. But everything else... Exactly. We, we, we have solid we, we have solid sports all around here. The uh, biggest money makers are down right now. Exactly. Yeah, and, and that's just... That. That's what the probably the alumni are going to see the most. That's what the you know the media is going to see. So it's, and once again, it's going to take a few years. You know, if we, if we start getting recruits because of nicer facilities, sure. If I get a top recruit in Texas this year, how long until he's you know making good on the field or you whatever making good plays for me? Mm-hmm. That's probably going to be another year or two down the road. Mm-hmm. It's, it's going to be a, a time thing. Plus, the Sun Belt Conference is not really exposed as much as like the Big Twelve or SEC. Oh yeah, we're G five. Yeah. Those are Power Five. Yeah. 
Here's the issue, though. I mean, you can polish a turd. It's still a turd. So <laughs> what you, you, you need to win games. You need to build success. And while, while the... Uh, facilities are nice. Building the new facilities and putting in the money to show, hey, we want to improve, that does mean something, right? But what brings in the money in, in, in college athletics? It's football. What do we stink at? It's football. So you've got to start winning. And I know that Australian Coliseum is going to look great. And the, and we can't call it the Coliseum anymore. We've got to call it a... Strahan Arena. No, Strahan, Strahan Arena. Strahan. 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 Oh, that's right. They like came No out H. H is silent. They came out and proved that like the name has been wrong this Oscar entire time. Oscar Strahan. But um, anyway, what I was getting Strange. at was... Uh, Tell us more. That's my train of thought. You completely messed me up. <laughs> you threw off his groove, man. We got to throw you out of the room. <laughs> no, but like Sorry. it shows initiative that they want to improve the, the facilities, the facilities and, and obviously improving the facilities is going to, you would think, ideally bring in more players. The, here's the biggest issue, though. They're not renovating, you know, Jim Wacker Stadium other than putting in the new video boards, which so far look really good. The, uh, they've already done the renovation. Their facilities are already they've top already notch in my mind. They've already renovated the football stadium. The, the, their, their renovation was the, the loop. Yeah. And, oh, that, and they, they, they redid a lot of the locker rooms and stuff over there. Mm-hmm. That, that back side, they, they did a lot of new stuff in there. And then looking at basketball, the, since they, of course, play in the newly renovated Strayan Arena at the University Event Center, that's going to be the full name. They're going to have, I believe, a nice little walkout area over where the U. Yeah, I got you. The, the project UC. will expand athletic locker rooms, offices, and support spaces for They've the men's done that. and women's basketball teams, women's volleyball visiting teams, and game officials. A new main entrance, pedestrian plaza, elevator, restrooms, and concessions will upgrade the overall experience. The new designs would add 2,300 seats to straight strands capacity by building out the eastern side of the arena. Caught himself. But also includes an additional 81,000 gross square feet to make the University Event Center a multi-use facility. This is coming from Texas State's news release on the thing. Mm. And the thing about this is, I think, honestly, this is Texas State saying, hey, this is Texas State's attempt to, to publicly say, hey, we're more than football. Our other sports are pretty decent. So they're trying to... Could be them trying to take the attention away from the football team a little bit because the football team's not so fun, so much fun to look at right, right now. now. But I do think Texas State football overall is on an upward trend. What I think is going to be funny is when football is getting looked at because we're good, we're going to need a new stadium. Mm-hmm. We're going to need more seats. We sure are. No, nice. we don't need more seats because we don't even sell the seats that we have. But when we, when do, we get good, when we, if, if, if we get good we'll and then then we consistently sell I say out, right I'll agree. Now, I agree with percent of students go to the game. I would say it's more than that. I say about fifteen. I say it's about fifteen to twenty. Fifteen to twenty. Um, but I bet about sixty percent of the students keep make in it to mind. The tailgate. Yeah, keep in mind uh, oh, the press row where we will sit when we're taking in these games. Of course, from the press box and all that. Most of those seats right below us are filled out like by alumni, by the for kid, sure, for sure. by the players' parents. For sure, for because sure. you see those play, those parents that and come. Those up. are the ones that fill out the most. How yeah, two percent stay. The whole I game. can agree with that <laughs> because that is one of my big and we can have a 30 we can have an entire oh, well, podcast ranting about student participation in football games. if we're not losing the game by halftime obviously I can guarantee that people are going to want to stay around because we're winning interested 100%. or say we're down but maybe a touchdown or so by halftime we still they still like, leave because they're thinking we've them. seen this too many times they're going to lose I can already see the title of this podcast Texas State fans suck <laughs> we some, we need, we, they're, they're not loyal. We need some more. Texas State right fans here. need more loyalty. Yeah. Mark, pull a new subject. Pull All it right. out of the Goku bag. Woo! It's All right, Vegeta. Vegeta. I got the Vegeta bag. He oh me. He's my like, bad. He's the evil one. He's like Shazam. 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 I can't wait for that movie. It looks really good. All right. Can you make it fun you of my Shazam. Yes, I am. 
All righty. So we have Brendan Cook's contract, five-year, $80 million. What's it mean for OBJ and Bell? Ooh, okay. It means that, 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 that was one I wrote up last week, but it still kind of works because, you know, OBJ, OBJ and Bell haven't got contracts. Uh, we just saw Todd Gurley get contracts. Uh, Todd she, Gurley got paid. I, I want to talk about how Aaron Donald hasn't gotten paid. Aaron Donald hasn't gotten paid. So. And he's the best defensive lineman in the league right now. But still keep in mind, uh, <laughs> Todd Gurley got paid, and then you got Le'Veon Bell over here like, Really? No, exactly. Yeah. So I can't get my money. I'm the best like, one consistently each I year. I thought the Browns not getting Saquon Barkley the first pick. Mm. I thought they were going to go after Le'Veon with his contract. Still might, but going back to the question, uh, I think OBJ is waiting for a team to get him, but I don't think a team specifically wants to get him because he's either a make or break. He, he's he's had health and issues I, the past exactly. few years. Exactly, and I think I think the Giants know that, and they're like Brandon Cooks. He's consistent. He's been good with Drew Brees. I mean, yes, they just got. Uh, they still have Eli, of course. But Michael Eli Thomas is, is starting to. Yeah, he's turning into something. More there. than anything, it's it's New Orleans saying, "Hey, we have this young receiving nucleus. Let's keep it together." Mm-hmm. But I guess that's not so much the question. This question is more: so how does it affect OBJ? And well, for one thing, agents? Brandon Cooks just came off a season where, up until he got knocked out of the Super Bowl, and after Julian Edelman went down. You had Danny Amendola, and then who's that next guy? Brandon Cooks. Yep. And he meshed really, really well with Tom Brady, whom, shocker, is the greatest quarterback today and of all time. Exactly. So he's got the respect. He played for a winning franchise and got the respect he deserved. Odell Beckham Jr. was injured last year. He broke his he broke something. I can't remember. Maybe his foot, his toe, ankle, whatever. Is Fractured his ankle, maybe. But he doesn't get respect on that same level because, for one thing, he is not as mature. Like you remember the whole net hitting incident? Oh, well, yeah. 100%. Let me let me ask y'all this. That he started. I wouldn't say as bad as Tyreek. So, so here here KC. here's the details. Brandon Cook signs a five year after after playing for the Patriots signs a five year eighty one million dollar contract with the Rams, including a seven thousand dollar signing bonus. Fifty thousand fifty million of that seven million signing bonus. Fifty million of that contract is guaranteed, getting paid sixteen point two million a year. Is Brandon Cooks a better receiver than guys like DeAndre Hopkins, Odell Beckham Jr.? So. Nope. Y'all are all shaking sure. your head. No, no. no. He's, uh, he's, Hopkins, Hopkins he's not, he's not talent Hopkins wise. Had something to say about that today. The, actually, so the question here's what I'm getting at: Are those guys worthy of that same money? Hopkins, yes. OBJ. Brandon no. Cooks is 24. Oh, uh, I did not know that. Yeah, uh, 24 years old, and they just paid him this much money. OBJ just hasn't proved himself in the past two, three years. I, I, he had that one catch. He's I, famous he for up. that one big catch. He blew up. But then again, honestly, Jarvis Landry, his brother slash teammate, not actual brother, but it, I think he is better. Yeah. I, I think you guys are severely all underrating Odell Beckham Jr. Right I'm now. not under. I, <laughs> Maybe I, Riley hasn't put his input yet. I'm yeah. Not underrating uh, him. I'm just saying he hasn't. He hasn't like he 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 said he's in in his first four years he has records up there with Randy Moss for receptions and yards and uh, T O and Jerry Rice and all these things uh, that he's doing. Isn't it interesting how he's in the same level of T O and uh and uh, Randy Moss and they had attitude problems at some points in their careers too? Like is this a trend with it's, incredible it's receivers? receivers? Oh, yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Yeah, I mean Jerry Rice Even never had Brian. these problems. He was just a better Even worker than everyone else. Well, maybe maybe a part of it is the the difference between. A, an elite receiver and a decent receiver is such a wide margin. Because if you look at, the, for example, I was just looking at something. Mike Evans also just signed a big deal, five year, eighty two million. Very, it was a couple months, it was about a month ago for Tampa Bay. If you go to, so this website, Spot Track, it keeps a track of free agents, and you go to market value. Okay, the top of free agents on the market right now, you have, uh, for example, you have you have guys like Mike Evans and and uh, you know Brandon Cooks, DeAndre Hopkins, uh, AJ Green, those kind of guys. And then what's the next tier? 
you drop all the way down to Sammy Watkins. Um, you know, oh, I love him, but Cole Beasley. Like, so <laughs> the difference Nelson. between an elite wide receiver and an average receiver is such a wide margin. Maybe that's why they're paying these and receivers so much because they have to keep them there because finding someone who's on that tier is very difficult. Well, going off of Brandon Cook, see, now this happened earlier today. According to SportingNews.com, DeAndre Hopkins feels that he is underrated. He says, he quotes, I definitely feel like I'm underrated. I think I'm the best receiver in the NFL. Having guys ranked in front of me that I know that I'm better than, that's always going to drive me. I mean, I a part of it is, will help him out. yeah, d- having a quarterback that can actually play is going to be a big help. That's he definitely be, part of he it. He might be the best wide receiver this next year. Just yeah, he, he's he definitely has, got some of the best hands. Like, there's no arguing that. Dude, do you see that catch he had versus a – I can't remember which game it was. It was towards the end of the year. They were losing very, very badly, but he made a, a sick one-handed catch in the back corner of the end zone after bobbling it in midair. He just cuffed it in there, absorbed it, tapped his toes, and boom, he got six. Are, are you all ready to have your minds blown? No. A little bit. Brandon Cook will be making $12 million more than Antonio Brown. Oh, what? Okay, Come on. This man got the cover of Madden. Are you kidding me? That a- dude. Antonio Brown's current contract is a four-year $68 million. I don't like that. I personally you, think I that like Antonio you. Brown is the best wide receiver. And, but, but that, I don't that, think you can argue that he's the best receiver in the league right now. And, and yeah, when all that happened, he signed that, I believe, a couple years ago around the time Dez signed his deal, around the time Demarius Thomas signed their deal, and those deals were more in the four years, $50 uh, million dollar range. And he then, signed that year last year. Signed that deal last year at 29. Personally, I can agree with Peyton here in saying that Antonio Brown – for his size and his ability, the talent-wise, and the le- the work level to be the guy that's consistently shorter at his position than everyone else. And yet, this is where it's separated. Last year, when they were talking about Antonio Brown as one of the first receivers that could possibly win an MVP, that's how I knew, yeah, I'm going with Antonio Brown any day of the week to be my best receiver in the league. So what, what are we coming to the consensus of is that um – I How, think we went off track. Does this affect Odell Beckham Very Jr. So. and his free agency? Does is it, is this a positive thing for Odell Beckham Jr. and other you know pretty solid receivers, or is this a negative thing? Because I honestly, I, Brandon Cooks is a great receiver. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, but I don't think he's on that tier. I don't think he's on that tier with Mike with Mike Evans. You know, a, a healthy Odell Beckham. Julio Jones, who's his name? Once yeah. Oh. So out there. if Brandon Cooks is able to get this kind of money, um, that could mean like good really, things for really the receivers. Good, uh, agent. It could also be that, that his agent's about to start making a lot but, of money. But yeah, yeah then some yeah. something always look look at does a superstar wide receiver is that what you need to win Super Bowls? I mean, look what the Eagles just did. They won their best receiver, Alshon Jeffrey, solid receiver. Pretty good receiver. Maybe a couple years ago he was talked about in that upper echelon. Now, no, no. not anymore. Did you see Nelson Aguilar in that game too? Nelson Aguilar, a solid receiver, but he, he's a number two receiver. He's not he, number one he's receiver. He's not on anywhere. that tier. He's he's again he's not one of those guys where it's we like yeah he's he's consistent. Who won that Super Bowl. Yeah. The, and, it was Nick, and he ain't making eighty the, million. No, so, so yeah, last last year was the Eagles. The year, uh, the year before that, the Patriots. Their best receiver was Julian Edelman. Edelman. That's what I'm going for. Yeah. Anyway, it, it, it makes it hard for you to make your case when you're a receiver. When it's like, hey, I think every team does need that one receiver to make a clutch play when you need it. Like, yeah, you need a stud receiver. That's what I was getting. Julio at. Jones has been bailed, or uh, Matty Ice has been bailed out by Julio Jones so many times. And that's that's where I was so talking about times. that that elite tier receiver between an, an elite guy and an average guy is such a wide margin. But uh, Peyton, why don't you move on to the next subject? Here we go. Who pulled the last last one? Was it that Peyton? Was it was okay. Uh, uh, actually, this might be one of mine. Oh, All right, here we go. Here we go. Ticker tape. I might want to pick another one. Actually, you know what? How about this? Don't be afraid. 
How are we going to get fan attendance up in football? Win. 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 Market like, and win. Beat Rutgers. Beat Rutgers. You beat the Ru- you beat Rutgers. That'll definitely beat, beat Rutgers. Beat UTSA. And then hype your team up. If we can get a win versus UTSA, I know that would automatically oh, yeah, serve as big brownie say. points. Yeah, because most students are going to just – We hate UTSA. Yeah. Put a roof on the stadium. UTSA is just – Put a roof yeah. over the yeah. – that is so good, Brendan. <laughs> or at least just over the student sections. You know, how, you know how cool that would be? Or like one of those ones where it's like the roof, but like the like middle the of the field stadium. is still um, open. But like the, the, the roof – there's like a roof that covers all the seats. So it's like, you know uh, – when the, the the sun hits the field and sometimes it creates those weird shadows, that'd be cool. Uh, that's just off the top of my head. Yeah. That was a good idea. It really I, I, is. I've been, I've been too hot the past couple of weeks. Like, come on, I, <laughs> I'm sitting here like I want football, but I don't want to go sit in these seats. South Texas. As for us, as for Texas State and UTSA, that's the twin to like Oklahoma and Texas. <laughs> it's the little brothers fighting it out, while the big brothers go out and fight against his other, his bigger friend or his bigger rival. There we go. So whatever the case. When, will we hit that tier level status? Because right now we play in each other's stadiums, but you know Texas and Oklahoma always play in the Cotton Bowl, like yeah. a neutral site, because it's that important. Mm-hmm. Like those big rivalry games, they don't even play on either's home stadium. They those, go. That's the Texas and, rivalry. And, and, We're and, the I-35 I-35 rivalry. showdown. Sponsored by H-E-B. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Right on. <laughs> that was good. Uh, we're hunting for sponsors if anyone wants to join. But uh, whatever the case, say fifty percent or more on uh, <laughs> <laughs> for just a fifty percent investment today, you can really reap the benefits of the growing Texas State Spit Talk podcast. But uh, Brendan, pull it out of the Fajita bag. The Fajita bag. You got it, yes, sir. Sponsored by Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> <laughs> is keep it up? Keep it up. Is okay, it upside okay. down? Okay, okay, okay. No, no, it's like to read it in my head first. Okay. Who will re- win Rookie of the Year in the NBA? Give a reason, mm. give a reason why. Out of the, oh. Everyone give one reason why. <coughs> okay. Well, in that case, uh, whose who's was that? Was that yours? That was mine. Well, then why don't we start with you? Oh, great. Uh, Who I got next? Ben Simmons. <laughs> He's not a rookie yeah, anymore. Yeah, He's a third-year, second-year player, okay? Actually, I would say third. But <laughs> moving on. Oh, man. It's a tough one. You sound You sound very overcome. Yes, because it's something I've been thinking about the past couple of days. You know, uh, I've been trying to compare Aiton and Bamba very heavily. Mo Bamba. Uh, but me being, you know, a Cavs fan, I do love Colin Sexton. He doesn't have anybody else on his he team. He comes from good lineage. I give respect mm-hmm. to Avery Johnson as the Alabama head coach. I mean, he comes from a good team, and he's a like, super hard worker. He reminds me of a Damian Lillard type. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think that they won't give a point guard rookie of the year sometimes just because – uh, I mean, they just gave one to Ben Simmons. They're like sexist, but you know, with point guards, um, <laughs> <laughs> they're they're positionists. They're positionists. It, it, yeah. yeah, I can see uh, because they because they naturally they have more possessions. They have the ball more. Exactly. And but the thing is, he's running the team, and me, it's most valuable player. Like who you need to win. But if I'm gonna put my money on the table, it's gonna be DeAndre Aiden. Hmm. Well, That's a very be, safe pick, though. Very this safe. may be a sleeper, but I'm I'm just gonna have to put my faith into Trey Young. Boo. Reason why? Get out of here. He averaged 27.4 points per game and 8.7 assists in college. college. Yeah, but this is the thing. This is the thing. He's playing for the Dallas Mavericks, which is a upbringing. No, he's playing for Atlanta. Atlanta. That's what he got drafted by. So he got picked. I'm saying, I hope, I was hoping he would stay there. But like, they wanted Luka, man. They they picked Luka. They want their their future Dirk, man. See, see, that's why I was saying that because if he had stayed with Dallas, but no, that didn't happen. So, So with Atlanta, I believe 
Let's see. He missed like 25 threes like during his summer game. That that's, that's my summer league, though. that's my issue with Trey Young. He's hot and cold. You know? is, it's summer league. Your yes and your no. He's playing against a bunch of like you know the same people he played in college almost. Uh, pretty much, or yeah. like guys that are just you know Bigger. trying to find their way onto a G League team. Yeah, exactly. So, so if he's not dominating there, I'm concerned. My pick. You even mentioned him, Brandon. You're gonna be real happy. It's Luka Doncic. It's Luka Doncic. Oh, I don't think. Spo- spoiler. It's my pick too. The dude <laughs> dominated European basketball, which is not an easy league, he and he. Was was like 16. Now he's like 18 years old and he's Second the best, best he's the best player overseas. Second best league in the world. Experience. He's now 19. He's 19? Yeah, now he is. Yeah. I mean, does it matter? He's still a teenager yeah, and still a young guy. you throw I mean, for example, let's put DeAndre Ayton in European League. Do you think he dominates? He's probably uh, pretty probably. solid. He's probably pretty solid. <laughs> but my point is for his position. I don't know, Europeans got the big my point big is, mean so guys. DeAndre Ayton played at Arizona, right? He played against uh college guys. Yeah. Are college guys in the same level as European guys? I mean, Doncic has been playing against dudes who've been playing basketball since they were two and they're like 35 years old keep in mind there was a time before pros could represent the usa team that we did send just college athletes to go and compete against professionals around the world we did but we don't do that anymore i know but back then we won a lot of gold medals with just college kids so i feel like we can prepare them really, really well over here, and there's sure, a reason. For sure, for sure. But my point is, Luka Doncic has played in bigger games than any of these kids have. Yeah. And, and I think he's, and I also think his game translates very well. It's such a perfect scenario. He can play right away, but the pressure is not on him because, let's be honest, Dallas isn't expecting to win anything anytime soon. They, uh, Dennis Smith. They do have DSJ. Uh, yeah, he's the star. He's a big so they don't have to worry about you know throing Doncic into this mm-hmm. limelight. Plus, he gets to learn from Dirk Nowitzki. Like. <laughs> <laughs> It's, a, I'm it's, go ahead a, it's just a perfect scenario. I'm going to go ahead and keep pushing on that. Let's let the on, Dallas fan talk here. On, yeah. on why Luka's going to win Rookie of the Year. He's going to – I've watched so many Dallas games over the past few years. Rick Carlisle's offense, dream scenario for him too. Uh, the ball moves quick. The, the idea drive, kick it out, get to the corners. Miss a three. It's because he's a mini uh, Dirk. He's, he's going to get into the paint. He's going to drive, he's a more kick, athletic Dirk. kick to the corner, hit Wesley Matthews, who on catch-and-shoot threes last year – Receiving passes from Yogi and J.J. Barea. No, from Dennis Smith and J.J. Barea, he shot 50% and catch-and-shoot threes from those two players. Uh, Luca fits the system. He's going to do it all. He's going to play that. He's going to be a shooting guard. He's going to handle the ball almost equally, pretty much, with Dennis Smith Jr. He can pass. He can rebound. Uh, he's going to be able to throw a bunch of backside lobs to uh, to DeAndre Jordan with him now holding down the middle of the paint center. It just Jordan's there. It, it, it's a nice it, – it's a good setup for Luca. It's hmm. about time. It's about time Dallas will step it up. Mm. Oh, they're not going to win anything. Don't be wrong. They're they're going to be like a 500 team. I said they're growing. I said that's better. That's better than the 22 years. They're, they're on the way. I said I yeah. got five years. Might want to get reestablished to the East just for safe measures. Oh, Mark, you, Mark, you even asked that once. Tried it one time. What about you, Riley? Uh, you see, oh man, looking at the whole list right here, I I can't really form too much of an opinion because again, it's so so early for these kids. And I've never been the kind of guy to go out and blatantly make a prediction like that, at least. It's never been in my blood, but if I had to pick... Okay, I'm going to try and narrow down the list here. Out of the top five picks, who do I think would be able to win Rookie of the Year? I got you. It's DeAndre Michael, Ayton. Michael Porter Jr. Marvin Bagley. DeAndre Ayton, <laughs> Marvin Bagley III, who's a freak, Luka, D- Luka Doncic, Jaron Jackson, and Trey Young were the top five picks. Well, Jaron Jackson's really good. Yeah, yeah, he is. I mean, he was lighting it up a little bit during the Summer League for Memphis, whom really has a lot of potential to really just go out and break people's hearts right now. And he's only 18. Yeah. So, honestly, I'm always – I mean, just look at this. This is incredible. Four out of the five picks. Four out of the – five out of the first – and I'm trying to read this right. Five out of the first six picks were all fre- – look at this. A non-freshman 
outside of Luka Doncic, any college kid isn't selected till the 10th pick, and it's Michael Bridges as a junior out of Villanova. Everyone before that, if they played in college, were freshmen. Just uh, look at how yeah, crazy yeah. it is. They don't want to play four years anymore. They want to get the. They're just chasing the papers now, which I think is a big mistake. I think you should play the game to play but, the but game. Okay, okay. Uncle Drew. We're about to go on another tangent here. What's the incentive for for a for a high school guy who knows he's an NBA talent? What and then obviously you know you want to get the college degree, right? Eventually. Have you seen how much how much work it is to be a college athlete? Do you have any idea? It's what Looney like? Tunes. It's insane. It's insane. Sure it's insane. And they make so much money off you, and you don't get any of it back. Nope. So I honestly, I I um, I I don't necessarily. What's the word I'm looking for? I don't relate because I don't know what they're going through. But I I understand if it wasn't why for they're. His knee. I understand. Yeah, for sure. You know, me and my five eight body. I understand. <laughs> you could why have a shot guys, to walk on here. I understand why guys. If I can make a shot, probably. That's why I still think my guy, uh, my guy's got a chance at Oklahoma. Mm. But um, I understand why guys don't want to play college basketball for for two years, because they're not getting anything out of it. This mm. is true. Mm. But do you they're not think, here for school. Do you think that uh, if a player goes for, to college for one year and then goes to the NBA for three years after that, whether and then another person goes to college for four years, are they going to be on the same level, or do you think the person that went to the NBA first? It depends will on the be program. Better? If yeah, a guy goes to Duke for well, yeah. four years, let's say North Carolina, and the other, and the, so the freshman goes to to Duke, and the senior, and the guy that plays four years goes to North Carolina, mm-hmm. I would say the guy coming out of North Carolina is going to be in better shape. But if you're comparing a guy who's a freshman at Duke to a senior at Texas State, obviously the dude out of oh, Duke well, is in a much better well, position. Heck no, yeah. a, a lot of so, it comes it comes down to I've seen this recently. Like I said, all those freshmen picked in the top ten. Then you look after that, not as many freshmen go. Yeah, a couple go here and there, not as many because. Teams are starting to, uh, the players are starting to learn if you're not a top 10 pick or a top 15 pick, you're probably going to get thrown down in the G League. Uh, More than likely. You're going to be in the G, you're gonna be in the G like League or you're going to be, be bench warming. And it's, you know, you're going so to you're gonna learn on the fly a so, little bit. So some players are deciding to stay in school another year. Bad if basketball is your life. No, they're teaching them well. I mean, Derek White became a man. Like, you're one step from the NBA. Yeah. I still think Beast Bay. Baseball. Baseball has the best developmental oh, system yeah. in all of them, and they have six leagues you got to go They're through. Like if not, if you're coming from international, it's eight because there's two different. Uh, uh, if you, for example, if you're coming from the Dominican, they have two separate Dominican summer league teams to play through just before you even get to rookie ball. So I think that system's much better. Personally, I think they have the best developmental system, but at the same time, it's also very easy for a kid to get lost in the mix. In, yeah, in baseball, in baseball, you need more development. NBA, you can play at 18. You can play in the NBA. We've seen it done before. Baseball, not as much. Yeah, but it's a lot of adjustment in but, baseball. But getting back to my my choice, I'll I'll even expand it because this is what interests me. What I've noticed the last uh, couple years with rookie of the year. First off, I remember two years ago Malcolm Brogdon out of Milwaukee won it. That dude spent a lot of time in college, and by the time he went to the league, he was already developed in a man. Excellent choice. Second Buddy round Hilde, pick. Buddy Hield's another. Example. Buddy Hield, yes. yes, he was a senior for Oklahoma that had a killer, killer tournament. Then he gets drafted high by Sacramento, well, not by Sacramento, New Orleans, traded to Sacramento, and I don't care what you think, the numbers last year, he was a pretty good shooter for Sacramento, like 40% from three, 50% overall. He could, he could be something. Yeah, that's good. That's pretty good. Probably the best player they got. <laughs> <laughs> no, De'Aaron Fox, don't sleep on that man. Uh, He'll be, I think they could be something if they just figure out all their background organizational stuff because I don't think Vladdy Devox or their president is doing a very good job of making that team into a winner. But regardless, my pick, if I had to pick anyone to be Rookie of the Year, I'm going to go with 
simply because of the fact that, A, he comes from a championship program, now a two-time championship program, number 10 pick, Michael Bridges, who is now going to play for Philadelphia. Because, again, he no, was he, raised... He he got sent to... I thought he was the one that got sent to Phoenix. He's in Charlotte. Charlotte. Let's see. Oh, you're right. He is in Phoenix. He was, tra- he was drafted by Philly, traded a couple times, and he ends up in Phoenix next to... What sounds like a safe pick in DeAndre Aiden for Rookie of the Year Goodness, or the Luka Doncic? Actually, might be pretty decent. We'll see. The, the, we'll see. The Suns have too the, many wings. They got the new Kobe. But if it's not, if it's not going first, to be Michael round. Bridges, he should have been an All Star last season. I'm going to go with Kevin Knox. Yes, that's my backup pick okay. for the New York Knicks. Oh yeah. Because what he did in the summer league was just incredible. He's got a great body for the NBA, even though he's only a freshman, six nine, I believe, two hundred fifteen pounds. And he represents something for New York that they have not had since. Well, they've kind of gotten lucky a couple of years now. Kristaps Porzingis comes in, lights up the league. Kristaps are going to be very good. I think they could be. And he's only 18 years old, but he's already looking like a grown man out there. So we're just forgetting about Grayson Allen then, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, we're forgetting about Grayson (laughs) Allen, Reed. (laughs) He was a number 24. Who cares? But, hey, he fits that senior mold. He was in college for four years. Yeah. (laughs) I think he could even drafted him because he kept getting in fights and tripping people. Well, up until his senior year. He he was okay his senior year. But regardless, personally, I'm not picking him because I think he's secretly Mike Krzyzewski's grandson because they have the same nose, (laughs) and they look very eerily similar. And I feel like that's unfair to pick him if I'm only going to pick him because he looks like – Mike Krzyzewski's long-lost grandkid. So regardless... He's Ted Cruz's son. No. You stop it. <laughs> they look the exact same. <laughs> yeah, let's go for the Vegeta bag again. <laughs> Time to... Yep, it's me. It's me, ladies and gentlemen. Wait, wait, real quick. I've been getting a lot of updates of some breaking news. Kind of breaking just news in sports right now. Tell uh, us more. Bleacher Report, Team Stream. Real quick, we had some base- a baseball trade. Okay. Uh, Eduardo Escobar from the Twins traded to the D-backs. He's a great utility player. Pretty he hits, good. Hits 274 in the year, 15 home runs. Played for the ten- Twins for a long time. Yeah, and I like the Diamondbacks. I got one after you. Uh, is Okay, I mean, is it the Browns one? The Browns, yeah. <laughs> <Is it> the <laughs> I just got Tell that. us is about the Browns? the Browns. Okay, so, well, the Browns and Des Bryant are in a negotiation right oh. now. On, on a one-year deal. Uh-oh. One-year deal. Oh, that's definitely uh, a big hold trouble. On, hold on. <laughs> yeah, hold up. And then other things real quick. The Dodgers uh, called the Nationals to check on Bryce Harper's availability. The Nationals might be sellers at the deadline. They're kind of waiting to see how this the Astros plays have out. a link to Bryce Harper too, believe it or not. And then this one, this one pains me. Jason Verrett, cornerback for the LA Chargers out of TCU, uh, tore his knee up a couple years ago, and he just tore his Achilles uh, earlier today. Ooh. He's so gonna miss his season. Career is probably he's a for, he's a former first round pick out of TCU for the Chargers, and just keeps you know. Man, everyone's got updates right now. Yeah, it looks like, uh, well, this just happened about 10 minutes ago. The Houston Rockets have reached an agreement yep. with Clint Compella for a five-year, 90 million extension. So yep. it looks like Houston might have a really good shot. Can't, can't wait to hear Parker Ray's Young Guns podcast now that he's got his Clint. He'll just spend an hour. He'll sp- well, I mean, first Probably he'll spend big. the first five minutes just with music. That plug and then up. he'll rant for five for 15 minutes yeah. about Clint Capella. Don't plug him? Is that what you said? Did you just plug him? Who's Parker Ray again? In a, for a big man Former sports so. director. Who cares? Uh. <laughs> 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 uh. He didn't pick y'all to be here. I did, dang it. But now to pick the next topic. Let's see here. This looks like Peyton. Oh, here we go. Uh. What will be better for our football team this upcoming year, the offense or the defense? Oh, defense. Defense, defense. Yeah. The, the, the defense. Come on, guys. Make it into a discussion. <laughs> Tyler Vitt is going to win the Heisman. No, it's Brian London in that defense. defense also. The, the, and, I, and, and, I, I have a lot of hopes in uh, Dennis Dennis Johnson. I do. 
You do? Yeah, I have some hope in him because I know he's, a, he's also – he's also – this is the thing. He's probably arguably one of the fastest players on the team. Mm. Clocked a 4-3 during camp. Tell me Spring more. ball. And this guy's about – he has a 6-4 frame. And uh, he's – well, see, going off of his stats from last season, you know, DB is a big, huge jump. It's different from the receiver because now, now he's going to be the guy guarding him, obviously. So, I believe Dennis Johnson has a shot to really make a name for himself during his final season here at Texas State. Because due to his athleticism and his – he's kind of a ball hawk. I saw some of his highlights from spring ball. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, for me, to say the defense, just I'm, I'm looking at the depth chart right now. We are talking about earlier. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to list everyone's class. Senior, senior, junior, 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 senior, 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 sophomore, junior. That's all you need. It, it's it's a whole defense of seniors that and juniors. That your question, right? It's a whole, yeah, experience. A whole defense of, soft, of seniors and Juniors, when on offense, we're talking about is our starting quarterback going to be Willie Jones, a true sophomore, or mm-hmm. Tyler Vitt, a true freshman? Uh, so unless, so unless Willie Jones ends up being RG three, or Tyler Vitt ends up being Tim Tebow, the defense is going to be better. Simple as that. Okay, changing up the question just a tidbit: Is our offense going to be efficient enough for us to win games? I think we're a five-win team. Honestly, I really do. We could be. If you look at our the schedule, ability to do it. If you look at our schedule, I, I I can see Texas State etching out five wins or so. Tell us more. Well, I'm pulling up the schedule right now as we speak. Um, it's hard to say we're going to beat Rutgers. Um, uh, I don't think it is. We're 27 point underdogs in that game. So what? Good that guys. comes with two years of two and ten. I don't, I don't care what anything about the spread at this point is. It's all based off of the perception of two years we now. Got, we got to find a quarterback before I can say we win games consistently. Whether it's Jalen Gibson, Willie Jones, or Tyler Vitt, uh, if I've learned anything from watching football, both at the college, high school, or NFL level, is having a good, just even, just a guy who a can get the game. ball to his playmaker. It doesn't even have to be, you know, I'm not asking for a Johnny Manziel running circles around the defense. I just need a guy that can get the ball to Tyler Watts when he's running a slant right on the middle of the field and wide open. You know and what I'm saying? Overthrowing. And not overthrowing him yeah. or panicking and holding onto the ball too long. You know, I just need a guy who has the experience. Someone that's calm. Someone that, someone that keeps their, their level head and can Pocket get the ball to our athletes. Because our offense has some athletes. Mm. It really does. Mason Hayes, if you get him the ball, he is going to catch it. He's not going to miss any catches. Tyler White, Tyler Watts, he's a talented wide receiver. A lot of speed. Get him the ball is in the, the open field. the same tight end from last year? Um, no. Last year we had Gabe Schrade. Okay. He is, I don't know if he's he made gone. He's not made on an NFL roster, I don't think. Oh, no, I th- but he's got a job anyway. He'll be just fine. Yeah, he'll be fine. He's, he's a smart guy. He'll be okay. You guys think they can beat Texas Southern? Yes, hopefully. Absolutely. That's I mean, a game. That's a game. That's a game. I if we Mark. if we don't win that one, huh? I'm really disappointed. Said you got to speak it into existence, Mark. I mean, we uh, we we say that confidently, but we also said that confidently about Houston Baptist last year, and we barely. Do we win though? I can confidently we say we still won. I can confidently say this. You were happy about that win. Brendan, I can say this. If this Texas State team was to take on last year's Texas State team, they'd win by 30 points. I can say that. I'm pretty confident in saying that, that they, we would destroy last year's team. Uh, Texas Southern, definitely a win. We could really be 2-0. and They went 2-9 and nine last year, Texas Southern. Yes, that's why I was asking that question. So did we. See. I don't think we can beat South Alabama. No, we South went 2-10. I don't think we can beat South Alabama. UTSA is one of those games you never really know. Uh, one team could be... 0 and 10, and the other could be 10 and 0, and the 0 and 10 team stands a chance. That's what because it's a rivalry. Not last year. Not last year. Well, we didn't show up in the second half last year. We didn't show up for a good chunk of that game. Louisiana Lafayette. I don't know how we win that one. They're always solid. Score more points. I don't need your sarcasm, Riley. Yes, you do. 
Looks Georgia like Southern. Bottom line is I think they can win five five games. Well, it looks like the I-35 showdown is going to be at the Alamo Dome. Yeah. Oh, we're switching off each year. Yeah. They played here last year. We go to their place. That's actually the HEB Plaza. Okay. Sponsored by HEB. Okay. <laughs> Tell me more. But regardless, <laughs> Vegeta hat. I think we're, yeah, we've been at this for a good 50 minutes now. This is a little old. Um, Boo. Must be my other one. So I didn't change Machado it. to L.A. How does this change things? Who is the next to be traded? Machado. I'm going to go ahead and change this because a lot has happened since. I want to finish up because we're getting close to the end. Let's talk some MLB baseball and the trade market and what's going on right now. So a lot. For those of y'all that don't know, of course, uh, gonna, yesterday. I'm going to go uh, to the restroom real quick while y'all talk about this. So. All right. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> yesterday, <laughs> yesterday, the Yankees landed uh, Zach Britton from the Orioles when – and and here's my honest opinion. I was an Astros fan. I think that was to get keep him from Houston. Honestly, I really do. I think they they didn't want the Astros to get another solid lefty because that was the only thing that was keeping giving them an edge over mm-hmm. over Houston was having a better bullpen. Yeah, and uh, the Yankees also needed some bullpen help. Or all this Chapman has been doing so great. Uh, some other guys have been stepping up. They also made the move for J. A. Happ. Uh, yeah, that's ju- just, ju- just yesterday just for a starter up for uh, how bad. Sonny Gray's been. Yeah, it gets him another starter. I kind of like the moves they make. So they make these moves better their team. Then what happens last night? Aaron Judge gets hit by gets hit by pitch, fractures a bone in his wrist. He's out three weeks. Now the Yankees. It's not that you know he's he's out more than three weeks. The, I, the, I saw, the I saw three plus. The soonest he can start doing baseball activities is three weeks. Exactly. So you, you're out, you're down Aaron Judge. So what you're telling me is he's going to hit 20 home runs in the playoffs. He struck out 14 times and 16 at bats in the playoffs still, last are, year. Are, still, are, are, he's going to hit 20 home runs and strike out every other time. No. <laughs> Do the Yankees make a move for a quick, quick rental to, to have a new <coughs> bat? <laughs> yeah, I don't, that's not what I'm looking for for a quick I rental. I wouldn't want to touch Bryce Harper right now. I mean, he's having a terrible year. Yeah, but you need to replace that bat. And you're going you're gonna to sign him in the offseason anyway. Yeah, after his terrible year is done, now while he's stuck in the middle of it and strikes out more than most dudes for his money-making position. Yeah, I was thinking something along, along lines like Curtis Granderson or something. You know, just a, a bring back a, an old Yankee. Exactly, just an Randall e- Gritchick from the uh, Oakland's not going to trade him because they're finally starting to trend upward. Mm-hmm. But just they've me, been doing if, just fine. If the Rangers had someone to trade, I'd offer him. But we don't have anyone. To we offer. just traded the guy we had to <laughs> offer, who no was mar- in the midst no of a terrible no slump. No Marmazara, but I don't know if you want to trade that young talent. No, we don't. We wanted to trade the old garbage and try and get Here's prospects. One. Here's one. You this is an intriguing one. He's been y'all's best player. Do you trade Sinchu Chu? You need to get rid of that contract. Oh, we would. Exactly. Uh, I was talking about this with Andrew Zimmer earlier. He was talking to uh, – he was listening to Mike Francesco's show in New York, and they had callers talking about, hey, what should the Yankees do with Judge out? And one of them said Sinchu Chu, but once again, why would the Yankees eat up that contract? Uh, I mean, I would be down to trade Sinchu Because they can. That's why they trade. They, you know, they, they, they got more than enough to. money now. But, and, I mean, uh, like, the, Rangers, the Rangers just have to pay the Cubs to take Cole Hamels. So, uh, you know, <laughs> we gave them cash considerations and got some low-level prospects. 286, 18 home runs, 45 RBIs. If you are a team that And a non-base percentage seven, out of the wazoo. If you are an, a team that lost in the Game 7 at the ALCS and you have as much money as the Yankees do consistently coming in, I don't see how money is an issue there. I don't think Bryce Harper can can demand 400 mil in free agency anymore after he's hitting 210 this year with tons of strikeouts. Yeah, I don't. So, and he's the only guy that I see them spending big money on. And maybe maybe, maybe Manny Machado, but I still think he resigns in the, in L.A. Mm. Um, I think as long as he's just on a winning team, he'll sign with whoever the winning team I, I that can it, give him money. I wouldn't be surprised to see Shinsu Chu in a Yankees uniform by the end of the 
trade the tape. I Here's an interesting either. one. He's already clean shaven. What are y'all's thoughts on the Adrian Beltre rumors? I feel he deserves to be sent somewhere where he can play for a winner. For all he's done for us. Because he's been linked to Atlanta? Cleveland, Atlanta. Yeah. I'd uh, want him to go to Atlanta. I've said that too. I uh, to the Indians. I'd, I'd be fine with him. I, I'd be fine with them trading him out, getting some prospects for him. That's how baseball works. You trade whoever and whenever you can because that's how you get to rebuild in baseball. But even I think even Beltran himself said he doesn't want to go. He likes it here in Texas. Well, that's great, but I want him to get the win he deserves. I want him to get that ring he deserves, yeah, he doesn't man. have a ring, does he? No, he came close his first year, but then David Freeze happened. And I want him to get – I don't want him to take up more spots for where we can get some good prospects. Personally, I think it's more with the Rangers trying to figure out what's going on behind the scenes because they've had some really good prospects, but they have consistently, and I say consistently, wholeheartedly, screwed them up. Jerkson Profar was the best prospect in Major League Baseball when he debuted. Where is he now? Uh, he's still there. He's just not very good. Exactly. Hitting 250. You also traded away a lot of your best prospects. I know. When we took for Cole Hamels because we wanted to win now, Jonathan Lucroy, of which Jeremy Jeffries, he comes down here fresh off a of DUI, is garbage, and this year he's an all-star back in Milwaukee. <laughs> that's that's just great. That's I am so happy. Nelson Cruz, we get rid of him or we let him walk, and since then he's hit 40 home runs every year. What What can I do? Uh, not be a Rangers fan. No, I, it's simple as that. No, no, I'm not giving up on them. Hey, real quick. Yes. Are the Red Sox really that good? Yes. 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 Absolutely. Very. <laughs> yes, uh, they yeah, are I'm for real. The, uh, Extremely. I'm just going to question the about right uh, some of these trade rumors. So apparently, according to ESPN, the San Diego Padres are eyeballing Chris Archer. So what are your thoughts on that? Now that's interesting. That is interesting because the Padres aren't exactly competing for anything. But 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 Chris Archer is controllable for the, the next few years. Well, that and Chris Archer probably wants that. I don't know because Tampa's actually having a decent year. I'd be surprised if Tampa sold him. I really would. Um, Tampa's about to get a new ballpark unless, unless they got a really good haul off of it. And San Diego probably okay. doesn't have that haul to give them. No mm-hmm. no San, San Diego. They just uh, what was the last trade they made? They. Uh, they trade Brad Hand, right? To Brad Hand to they the did. Indians. They had like they're they had sellers. Like 12, they're, they're not. They're, they're not like, buyers. They had like ten or twelve like top one hundred prospects. Uh, they have a good farm system. Don't get me wrong, but I just don't see them buying right now. Not buying for I don't know. I, I kind of see that because I remember seeing a rumor about that somewhere else too. It's a controllable young guy, just so you have some kind of uh, stability in your lineup, in your rotation, mm. on your roster. I mean, who's who's the mainstay in San Diego? You can't name me any player in that team. Eric Cosmer. Uh, Eric Hosmer. Will he, Myers. Even, even he hasn't been. Will Myers. Well, yeah, Will Myers are there. But they're irrelevant. Yeah, <laughs> because the Padres have been irrelevant since 2010 when the Giants took over that division. See, here, here's my issue. I love Chris Archer, but he's really – he's a good pitcher. Don't get me wrong. He's not an ace. People think he's an ace. He really isn't. He's only a two-time it, all-star. He's 29 years old. He's got a career, career ERA, 3.69. And maybe part of that is the ballpark he's played in. Uh, he's got good stuff, but I just don't see him as a top – of the line pitcher. For example, if he was to pitch in Houston, he'd be our four or five guy. Yeah, it looks like his contract's running out pretty soon, too. So, um, right now, Blake Snell is taking over on that Tampa Bay. He really team. is. He really is. Blake Snell is the, is, it looks more like a, much more like an ace than Chris mm-hmm. Archer does. They've even got Sergio Romo playing every position imaginable. Like, he played third base the other day for one out, then they took him out from the opening spot because now they're openers for yeah. teams. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. I want to bring up. Getting close to the end here, Riley. I want to bring up kind of a controversial subject to bring it in. I don't want to call it controversial. Gross. We might have some mixed opinions on this. Gross. Did y'all see the at the All-Star game, the news that came out on Milwaukee Brewers All-Star left-handed reliever Josh Hader? They brought, they 
his insensitive tweets. Recovered old tweets of his from 2011, and we're starting to see this more with different guys. Homophobic and racist tweets. Very, 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 very (coughs) offensive. Very aggressive. You should look it up. Um, I do need to look it up. Yeah, you need to look it up so you know what we're talking about. Say it it again. uh, Josh Hader. Can we quote these? Josh no. H-A-D-E No it's okay. way worse than that Josh Hader what? H-A-D-E-R so Josh Hader He's mm-hmm. a Milwaukee Brewers Left handed pitcher Used to pitch for the Astros Actually he was our, one of our Top prospects What's a little harder To know about him The fact that Brewers fans gave him A standing ovation In his Th- first appearance After that Well I think I think that's What we're heading to Because here, 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 It's not so much Y'all's oh, thoughts on Josh Hader my, my question was more Y'all's thoughts on <coughs> Tweets from Eight years ago When you're 16 years old Coming back and biting you In the butt as a professional, he personally, here, here's my thoughts on it. Uh, so it, the tweets are from 2011. He is like 24 now. Okay. So okay. he's like 17. And the thing is, here, here's kind of my thoughts on it. It's if you have an agent and a PR team, your entire Twitter shouldn't even be there anymore. You know what I'm saying? Oh, when you yeah, become 100%. a public figure, delete your old Twitter. Get rid of it. Get rid Burn of that. It. Get rid of that yeah, crap. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> get, get, get rid of it just in case. You know, whether you're a, a POS or not, get rid of it. Even the stuff you retweet is pretty bad, too. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, um, but at the same time, can you fully blame a guy for saying dumb stuff when he's a teenager? I mean, okay, you just put it on yourself. Are you the same person you were when you were 16? Definitely not. Boom. But, <laughs> but at the same time, yes. at 16, 17 years old, you're intelligent enough to know that, you know, aggressively using the N-word then, isn't a good thing. Well, like, you're right, but was Twitter actually what it was back then too or was it just some weird platform that people just like put random stuff on and yes he i mean all racism spots or racism it's like, gonna it's say just like parental things and obviously he was in high school so i don't know i feel like it just kind of was missed but at the same time before i you know did anything for school or anything like that i you know, went to the search bar on Twitter and typed in every single bad word I could think of just in case to see if I had any tweets or retweets that I had, you know, yeah, come like for, up. So people would go back and find stuff that... It's not there. I said, yeah, it's not there. Yeah. Especially when you get, like, an agent, you know, you would think... If you're, that they would check it. You, if you're a public figure. Exactly. Uh, I was just curious what y'all's thoughts on that were. Can... If y'all are, let's say, you're, you're an official, Riley... Do you hold it against him that he said it at 17? I mean, or does it not matter? It's still there. I think it matters, but it's not as big of a deal as people think it should be. Still matters. That's yeah. why I believe, like what Reed said, I believe that you should just create a new Twitter. Delete it. I just As soon as you get drafted, delete your old Twitter and make a professional baseball player Twitter. Or, you know, just never say it in the first place. Very true. Do it, do it the smart athletes do and don't have a Twitter. Yeah. Yes. As great as some because most Twitter moments are. Because don't even are. use the Twitter. They just have a person that posts things for them. Well, I mean, not necessarily. So. Lance McCullers has a Twitter, and it's the greatest thing ever. Uh, he's hilarious. Alex Bregman's great on Twitter. But at the same time, it can also get them in trouble. Mm. So, Well, uh, whatever the case, uh, I think we're about ready to wrap it up here. So whatever we're going to do, I'm happy we got to finally get this thing out here. I know it was a bit of a delay because we had to. I had to learn how to set up equipment. Felt felt much nicer with the equipment. It does. Very nice. Very this, nice. This is more professional. It's very swiggity. I agree. I like all the different colors. Yeah, it's it's a nice trade, and I look forward to all future broadcasts for this podcast from here on out. But for now, we're going to conclude the the first cleaned up edition of Texas State Spit Talk. I want to thank uh, y'all for being here, of course, getting to have a nice round table, uh, a stool session in that case for uh, for Brendan sitting on top of the stool that he stole from a room. 
But regardless, <laughs> that's going to do it for the uh, first uh, clean edition of Texas State Spit Talk. Again, tune in and listen to us as we put out content every Monday on Texas State Student Media SoundCloud. Thank you guys very much. Have a good round.